Hey gang, Ryan here from the UHM Horror Podcast. Thanks for listening, and this episode's going to pick up right where we left off from episode 21. So this is part two of our horror video game coverage. Enjoy! Welcome to the UHM Podcast with your hosts, Ryan and Shane. So that's pretty good. All right. Um, before you go into yours, Shane, I'm going to do uh, the ones I wanted to talk about, if that's okay with you, sir. <laughs> okay. <Don't, yeah. laughs> or, or or do you want to go? Now, you're, you're, it's up to you. I'll let you make the decision. You can have a call on this one. Oh, you do you're, it. You requested yes. to go last. I did not request to go last. I don't know. Did, did, didn't did he? No. I feel like there was a, a, no, a thing in you, the Facebook you, group. No, you said it would be really cool if you went last because it would be completely different game that I was talking about. That's true. Until yeah. you changed the game. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. Well, fuck it then. I'm going to do mine. <laughs> I'm going to do one of mine. Um all right, Shane, what do you yeah. got? What did you pick and not tell anyone about? I picked and didn't tell anybody about Evil Dead Fistful of Boomstick. <laughs> because I realized, because my Xbox has suddenly died on me and I couldn't play any of my Bioshock games, I just thought, oh, I know, I'll just go for something completely different and throw everybody off. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Evil, Evil Dead Fistful of Boomstick... Um, which was technically the second Evil Dead game to be released. And this is a classic one that came out, oh Christ, it was 2003 um, when this one first came out. And it's, mm -hmm. it's um, obviously based on the movie trilogy of the Evil Dead. And it, the, this game is set 11 years after the events of the trilogy and three years after Jenny, Ash's girlfriend from the Evil Dead, Hail to the King which was the comic book series has been killed in a bus crash. And obviously we've got Bruce Campbell and then you've got other notable actors like Debbie May West, Wendley West, Rob Paulson and Tom Kenny all in it. And basically it's, it's got four different timelines in the game because it's one of those ones with uh, the, um, the time travel business all, all due to the, um, what the stone that he's got. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name of the bloody stone is. <clears throat> I don't know. Philosopher's uh, Stone? No, that's Harry Potter. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop throwing me off. Um, uh, oh, Christ. Oh, man. I can't remember what it is. Hang on. Anyway, he's got this stone that takes him back in time. Blah, blah, blah. And... It starts off in Dearborn, which is obviously his hometown. And uh, he basically, the game starts with him, with Ash Williams in a bar, talking to the barkeep, telling him about the, um, his battles with the Necronomicon 
the ex mortis to a little Asian man, and then he basically um, catches a TV broadcast of this professor on TV with a girl or with some woman, I can't remember what her name is, but basically they're talking about how he's going to broadcast a reading of the tapes of the Necronomicon. And Ash stands there and he's like, no, don't do that. And then he presses play and then all shit hits the fan in Dearborn and basically turns everybody around them into like deadites. And it's um, the cutscene at the beginning of the game. You see the Asian man behind the bar getting turned into a deadite. Ash then blows his head off and then he ends up out of the bar and starts going around attacking or basically killing all these dead artists that he crosses. And he has to get to the TV station in order to um, stop the dead artists killing uh, Patricia, I think, or Trisha, something like that, and the professor there. And then it's the whole story revolves around Ash trying to find all these objects and getting to the university and trying to find all the objects in order to stop um, these vortexes that have opened up all around town with um, silver objects and trying to stop the end of the world. And uh, it was uh, it was just one of those games I can rem- always remember playing it for the first time and thinking, oh, this game is pissing me off because I was, I was getting to a stage where... Oh, I can't get past this stage. Fuck it. I'll just leave it for a couple of days and I'll come back to it later. And then when I eventually got into it, I just couldn't put the controller down. And I'd find myself playing for the playing the game for about eleven hours of the day. Just oh, to try and, Yeah, just to try and get past certain pieces and then going back and collecting all the pieces that I'd missed out and stuff like that. So I built up a, a good repertoire of um like weapons and stuff. And uh, I quite like I quite like the gameplay of this because it was when you saw NPCs in the game, you could walk up to them and like talk to them and converse with them, and they'd give you like hints on what to do and where to go. And um, and then like a few minutes later, after you've done that, you'd see them turned into deadites, and then you'd end up killing them anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was that was quite funny in that aspect because it had it had all the humor from the films in this game which i really enjoyed yeah i remember playing this one um i don't think i ever got past i guess whatever you call the 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 first setting i I only stayed in the town um running around trying to get to the tv station i think you get to a hospital at one point too Um, yeah i don't i don't think i ever made it out of there i think i got to a point and was like all right, I'm bored of this. I'll play it later. And then I just never played it again. Yeah. No, it was because the game itself, I mean, obviously, because of that first setting and you've got all these different destinations you have to go to and you have to collect all these bit, all these items and stuff. You had to get, like, the gas and then you had to get, like, a, a bomb and then you had to yeah. get a car. And yeah, and then you have to get the spells and um, you got the, the spell book with the extra strength and the lightning spell which was always quite funny, especially if you fucked it up. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I just thought it was a really, really cool game to begin with because, I mean, it looks a little bit dated now, but back then, I mean, what, 10, 11 years ago when I played it, I just thought it was really cool. 
And yeah. it, it was just, um, I just found it really comical because some of the reactions he got was just so typical of Ash from the films. And when he goes into like other eras of the game, because I mean, it's, it starts off present day or it starts off like 13 years after the films, 14 years, sorry. And then it goes back in time to 1695. And it's like Dearborn, Michigan in the colonial times. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and you just, it's kind of like hillbilly fucking cowboy deadites, which is actually really quite funny to, to play. Because I lost, I lost my lives so many times in that because I was just laughing at some of the get up all these fucking deadites were wearing. And, um, it was uh, it's basically after he lands there, he has to Eldridge, which is um, oh yeah, that's it. The Professor Eldridge from the first section of the game is the one responsible for um, unleashing all the deadites on the world, and um, it's Eldridge who then sends hordes of deadites after him, and he basically escapes those. And a group of villagers arrive and mistake Ash for the town blacksmith and call him William the Blacksmith. And um, it turns out that the blacksmith is Ash's ancestor hmm. and resembles him in both appearance and mannerisms and everything about it, which is quite entertaining to watch. But um, he, because it's really cool, because he basically you can up you upgrade your weapons throughout the game as well. So the blacksmith upgrades Ash's shotgun. So he can fire eight consecutive rounds before he has to reload, which I thought was really, really cool and very handy in a fucking in a big old fight. And then obviously converts his gas pump into a flamethrower, which was awesome fun. I can remember just running around torching so many fucking deadites. It was just genius. And I had more fun with that and trying to find gasoline for the flamethrower than using the shotgun, which was awesome. But um then it's basically the uh, the whole premise of the game is obviously he's got to find all these bits and pieces to try and get back to present day. And then it all goes a bit tits up for him because he then ends up going forward in time to 1863, um, which is Civil War era. Mm -hmm. And um, it, Eldritch enters one of the Unionist forts and opens a vortex, and Ash has to convince both the uni Unionists and Confederates to call a ceasefire and help him defeat the Deadites. Well, you can imagine that went down particularly well, especially in um, typical Ash style. Yeah. And um, that's where William the Blacksmith, from, or he's the great-great-great-grandson of William the Blacksmith, is in possession of the Gatling gun. And that he made that the blacksmith made from a piece of scrap metal from what Ash gave him. So he then Ash then confronts Eldritch, shoots him, and then it transforms him into a dragon-like demon. Then he then Ash manages to defeat him, and then he ends up going back to the present time. But what happens? He comes back to evil Dearborn, where the Deadites have taken over the town, and it's like post-apocalyptic nightmare. And it's um, they has to fight, try and defeat their queen, and the queen. Spoiler alert: turns out to be Trisha. Um, so yeah, and he basically he has to try and get the the Kandarian summoning stone. There we go. I've got it. Um, 
so he reacquires the town and then basically when it comes to the epilogue he attempts to use the stone to restore Dareborn to its former glory but fucks it up and ends up warping himself back in time to medieval Asia and the game ends right around the time of Genghis Khan where he's been captured by the guards and uh, he's been telling the men the story and they can't understand a word he's been saying because he just hasn't shut up for God knows how long he's been there and then they decide to take the Kandarian summoning a stone against Khan and execute Ash but before they can do that the evil force returns possesses the man who Ash has been relating his tale to as well as a load of samurai and then basically he just says come get some in perfect Japanese and that's where it ends that's funny yeah (laughs) so it is a really funny game to play and listen to and just watch I mean because the first time I played it I was like yeah Evil Dead game it's got to be funny and obviously the first time I played it I was like nah I'll come back to it because I just couldn't get past that first level but when I eventually done it it actually took me three weeks to complete the game itself because I was just I was always fucking it up and I was like oh damn it I've lost another life etc etc so yeah I yeah, I, I definitely, definitely never made it that far myself. The game itself, if I remember right, um, that it's it's way more action. Um, it, it's it's more like action than like a Resident Evil type game where it's like slow and methodical. Yeah, this one's like you fucking run around. There's some deadites. You pull out your shotgun. You start blasting, and then get in with your chainsaw and rip them apart. Yeah, but <clears throat> what I liked about it is because you don't start off well. You start off with your chainsaw, but you've got no actual ammo for it because you're out of ammo. Yeah, so right. you have to pick up right. a shovel and you start batting dead eyes around with a shovel, which I thought was really, yep. really funny. That's why I quite enjoyed this one. Yeah, the plot actually sounds a lot like what would happen in some of the comic books if you ever read it, read any of the uh, Evil Dead comics. Yeah. They're, they're just as nonsense as that. Like, yeah. he's traveling through time. He meets Frankenstein's monster. He gets into a fight with everyone for no reason, and then he then he ends up in re, the Reanimator's world, and he's fighting Jeffrey Combs. It's, <laughs> it's a weird set of comics, and then he save, and then he saves Obama. It's, that was what? a weird one. What? <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's one where I think the comics called Ash Saves Obama. <laughs> okay, it's pretty funny. So there, there, and actually, there's a really good tie-in. Now that I'm off on a tangent on the Evil Dead comics, not that I ever go on tangents. Oh no. The um, there's one. It's uh, I think it's called like Ash and the Army of Darkness versus the Marvel Zombies. Oh really? And um, yeah, Ash gets <laughs> essentially transported into the Marvel Zombie universe, and it turns out that sort of part of the zombie infestation is kind of his fault. Oh. But like he he thinks they're all deadites and he's got to fight like Spider-Man and Captain America in zombie form. And he's like cutting them to pieces and stuff. And he, he I think he cuts Howard the Duck in half. <laughs> <laughs> I actually own those. I never read them, but I own them. Oh, they're they're good. They're good. I mean, if I'm a big fan of the Marvel zombies comics and I've you know, I've sort of got the first uh, five or six series and the the Ash one fits right in with them. It's perfect. And it, it also fits in with the Ash comics because it's just as nonsense as that is. So those are worth checking out. But yeah, that that game's pretty good. Now, you, you didn't play the first game, um, Hail to the King, right? No. 
So that one is like a Resident Evil style tank controls. Um, you're in the cabin. You start. You go back to the cabin, of course, because Ash always goes back to the cabin. He goes back to the cabin, and the tape recorder starts playing, and then more deadites start attacking. And you, ha- you know, you have to like fight the deadites. And again, like you said, he he he, do- he has very limited ammo. Uh, he's got an axe, and I think eventually you get your your chainsaw with gas, and then um, there's like almost no ammo for bullets and stuff, which is annoying. But <clears throat> that game, I fucking hate it. It's a pile of shit. Yeah, and I've, I, I've heard that a lot. A lot of people said that it was virtually unplayable. I've tried playing it a dozen times, and every time I'm just like, you know what? I can't fucking... This game sucks. Like, you get to a certain part, and it's not even that it's hard. you just like, I don't want to play this anymore. I just... Ugh. I'm sick of it. Did you ever play those, Val? Uh, I own them. I tried them. The only one I tried and actually went through and beat was Regeneration. Right. <laughs> That's the yeah. only one I beat, too. <laughs> yeah, likewise, actually. So that one's that one I love because that one's got Ted Raimi as like the little imp like yeah. partner, yeah. and uh, if I remember right, that has nothing to do with the other games, right, Shane? It's not like a no, continuation. That is, it is um, set in an alternative universe, a what if scenario. Yeah. Um, if, uh, for want of a better word, um, yeah. One one second. Yeah, it's um, it was. Uh, quite a interesting game because it was one of those ones where it was similar to oh, I'm trying to think how what game it was similar to well, I mean, that one it's it has platforming elements yeah and it has like so that your special character the the little buddy that's always following you around I guess you could almost say it's sort of like a banjo kazooie type thing yeah because like the the other character is you use him as a way to get into different areas and yes. cast spells and do a Sam. bunch of other shit. Sam, yeah, Sam right. Yeah. And you get to punt him. You're punting oh, him that's nonstop. That's so awesome. It's all I about l- kicking. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. I love all those scenes where you just get to kick him. It's just fucking brilliant. I love it. Yeah. I, I, also, I also thought the Bruce Campbell um, dialogue was the best in this game. Of, yeah. of all of them. I thought like that. It, it, this was the funniest game, too. Yes, I agree. I completely agree with that. Um, it was because uh, it was. It's basically well. Since we're since we're there, we might as well just carry on with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Regeneration is basically. Um, it's a what if what if um, scenario where basically it is the results of the events that took place in Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. Um, Ash is certified insane, and. Um, then basically Dr. Reinhardt sends him off to like the uh, asylum and it's Professor Raymond Noby's diary and the Necronomicon Ex Mortis are picked up by a Dr. Reinhardt who then reads them and unleashes all the shit and uh, all goes a bit tit up yet again. Um, as I think it's the Sunny Meadows Asylum. Um or something like that and basically he starts off having to go through the asylum to kill deadites i think there's an electric deadite in there for the first time called sparky um or something like that and uh basically ash has to break through some kind of wall this is all from memory 
Um, <clears throat> and basically, he. Uh, oh, do you know what? I've completely lost the plot here. One second. Yeah. I I know at one point he he goes through the asylum and he has to fight a whole. But he he acquires um, different like you'd call them spells or whatever, but they're just di- basically different ways of kicking yeah. uh, your, your buddy around. And um, he has to travel essentially into hell at one point and through time and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And I think the the very basic plot is he has to stop. I th- It's evil Ash, isn't it? Doesn't he have to stop an evil yes. version of himself yeah, yeah. from like, you know, whatever, taking over the yeah, world, releasing yeah, the Necronomicon. Oh, no. Yeah, because he, he winds up in a deadite temple. That's right. It. Yeah, um, and basically because they have to sacrifice, I think it's Sally, who's like the female interest in the game, and um, Reinhardt then uses the Necronomicon to turn himself into a troll-like deadite, and then Ash and Sam kill Reinhardt, Sam closes the portal, and then right at the end of the game, you've got a very romantic scene where Ash says he's come a long way and overcome great odds to apologise to Sally on the fashion advice he gave her back at Sunny Meadows. Just as he's leaning in to kiss her, a spirit possesses her, he then kills her. And then as he does that, the portal opens, sucks Ash and Sam into it, along with the Necronomicon. And you don't know where they've been sent. You don't know if they're sent back in time or the alternative version, which would have been Army of Darkness. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty entertaining, actually. It is quite an entertaining game. Yeah, this is a game where I feel like the plot is doesn't even matter. Like no. you play the game to hear nonsense from Bruce Campbell and yeah. to kick Ted Raby around. Yay! <laughs> and we all love that. That was just funny. That was just so funny. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the main point of this one. Val, what do you think of this one? I really liked it, but the last time I played it, I was probably fourteen. So. <laughs> A good salad almost 12 years ago whenever it first came out but right. i remember liking it i just haven't gotten back to replaying it <laughs> yeah that was probably the last time i played it too although i wasn't 14 at the time <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to remember the last time i played it actually it was a few years ago but i still have them on the xbox um i've still got the uh, xbox games and i can play them on my 360. yeah so... if your disc worked yeah, if it works, fucking thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. My Xbox is chipped, so I play. A, I see. This is what pisses me off. I've got all these discs that have been sent from you guys, and I can't play them because it was my Xbox that I was able to play them all on. Oh, so I can't even. Yeah, so I can't even play any of my Region One discs that I've got at the moment. That sucks. Yeah, so I need to get it fixed ASAP because I've got a. Yeah. I've got about forty DVDs I need to watch. Holy shit. Yeah, well, because obviously they've come from you, they've come from Sean and a couple of other guys, and I can't watch any of the fuckers. Hmm. Yeah, that's got to be done. Yeah. Mike, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I haven't heard you. I haven't heard from you in a while. I've just been listening because I haven't played uh, any of the Evil Dead games. Oh, you never played any of them? Nope. I'm surprised you're a big Evil Dead fan. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I. I know that Val owns them, so I'll probably check them out eventually. <laughs> the only reason I played them was because my dad bought Regeneration, and his friend had a Hail to the King when I was a kid. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, I've got I've got Hail to the King. I think I got the PS One and the Dreamcast version. They're both shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I got it for PS One. The um, 
I don't think that's worth playing. I mean, people could maybe go go online and just watch a video of it, and you'll be like, eh, not interested. But um, I, I think the the final one Shane mentioned, regeneration. I think that's worth um, picking up and giving it a shot. It, it's fun even by today's standards. Yeah, it's not a fantastic game. I mean, we're not talking like any groundbreaking gameplay here or anything. But it's funny to listen to, and if you like Bruce Campbell, it's worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. cool. I'll uh, I'll steal it from her. But yeah, actually, so, I do have a question regarding yeah. like Xboxes and PS1s and stuff. So basically, I take it the setup, how you play them, or the discs, should I say, are you able to play like UK discs on American Xboxes and PS1s? So the it depends on what you're talking about. For the the original Xbox, mm. I don't know if there's region coding. I don't think there is. I, I imagine you could probably slam a European Xbox One game into an X, not Xbox One. I meant original Xbox. Yeah. Into a US Xbox, and it would work. The 360, absolutely not. I know right. there's region coding on that, but I don't think there's region coding on the PS3. I think you can take a European or Japanese PS3 game, and it boots right up on a US PS3. Yeah, right. that's what I'm okay. supposed to do. I got uh, that Okami game, and it's Japanese, but my mm -hmm. I need to hook up a terabyte or two to my PlayStation 3 to play it, because I right. have no well, memory. But I know yeah. for PlayStation 1, if you, like, jimmy-rig the PlayStation and you mess around with, like, fishing weights, you could play, like, Japanese games. Yeah, there's... It, it, on the original PlayStation, um, there's a you have to use if you use I used to do this. I remember if you use a paperclip and you bend it in a certain way and wedge it into a certain spot so that the disc think it thinks it's closed. You boot up the system with a regular PS uh, PS one disc and then you pull it out and put in the other one and it'll run fine. Huh. Yeah, it's really weird. And then but the other the easier way to do it is if you get an action replay or a Game Shark. There's ways to overcome region coding with that. Interesting. Okay. Now, this is all just going off a of memory from like 20-something years ago. My, I remember my buddy Matt had a... He modded his own PS1 uh, with with a, a mod chip so that it would play, you know, pretty much anything from anywhere. So I used to play a lot of those games over at his place because he just happened to have one. But in the past, I have done some of these sketchy methods to get like bootlegs and and uh foreign copies of games to be played on that one i have to actually uh mod uh val's wii because um the hell did i get for you val fatal frame 4 i got her uh fatal frame 4 which only came out in japan mm -hmm. and uh so i have to download a bunch of patches and shit and <laughs> like basically yeah, but... break the wii yeah, from what I understand, the Wii's aren't too bad to get into. I think it's all done through USB and stuff yeah, this like one, that. Yeah, this like one's like an SD card. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. So, yeah. So, Shane, on the Evil Dead games, uh, what would you give them in terms of scariness and fun to play? Um, right, fun to play. Um, uh, Fistful of Boomstick, I would definitely give an 8. Because, oh, yeah, 8 shitty nappies, because it is... Um, it is fun to play. It is really fun to play. And it's just comic gold, you know, especially with some of the dialogue and that. And it's so perfectly timed. Um, scary, I'd say if I was a 12-year-old, I'd probably um, 
think, oh, this is really creepy. Don't like the Deadites. I'd probably give it a seven. But now, seven. Yeah. <laughs> but now, see, because I can see it from the perspective from one of my great nephews who is 12 years old and he can't play horror games without practically shitting himself. So I can see it from his perspective. But now, being a 42 year old grown up, I would give it maybe a three. I think it's eight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, when it comes to regeneration, um, for fun, I'd give it a 10 because it is so much fun to play. Um, And Scare Factor, again, I'd give it maybe a three or a four because it's it's not really, well, it's not really that scary. You know, obviously... But it's just, uh, I'd definitely give it a 10 for the fun factor. Because, I mean, you get to kick a dead midget around. What's up? What's wrong with that? You know? <laughs> the whole game, too. It's, that's like yeah. a mage. That's not like one time you do it. Like, that is one of your weapons. Yeah. It's like you kick a midget. And it kind of like makes me think that whenever I want to kick a Shane, him... little person, please. Little person. Hey, it's a midget. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the point where I get permanently banned from the uh, <laughs> podcast? From, from the internet, maybe. <laughs> it's a midget. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely say, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give regeneration a ten, and then like a four. So yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Excellent. All right, guys. Let's get back to it. Um, so, Mike, we're going back to you uh, with the other game you were going to cover, uh, Hunting Grounds, right? Um, so what do you got for us? Well, Hunting Ground, uh, I really don't know when it was made. Val, do you remember what year it was made? I want to say 2005. Yeah, like 2005, 2006. It's, uh, it was like later for like the PS2. And it's a game by Capcom. It's uh, a lot of people haven't heard about it because it had a little bit of controversy when it came out. Uh, it's also a uh, very slight spinoff of Clock Tower 3. Okay. Um, because there's a lot of, I think Capcom did Clock Tower 3 as well. And Yes, they did. Yeah, so there's like little, like there's a little bit of the same like designs and uh, uh, it shares a lot of like the sound effects. Like there's like the footsteps and menu options. Um a weeping stone emits the same sound as like a ghost laugh from Clock Tower Three in Haunting Ground. Like they, it's it's very heavily like inspired by Clock Tower Three. But uh, the plot is uh, you your character is Fiona, and she's driving in a car and she gets into a car accident, and she wakes up um, in a mansion, and that's how the game begins. You just you wake up in this gigantic mansion. And, like, there's this uh, big ogre-looking fella by the name of Debilitus. And, you know, he's kind of has, like, a, like, a, uh, like, animal personality. He's kind of like a, like a little kid or, like, a dog. And he's kind of just not all there. And throughout the whole game, it's just puzzle solving. And you have to make your way throughout this mansion. But the very awesome and unique thing about this, as I told you before, I'm not into survival horror at all, but you don't really get a lot of weapons. So it's just you. And eventually you find a little dog named Huey. Now, this dog is 
pretty cool because if you can't get to something, like if you need a key and it's on top of a ledge, you can, you know, tell Huey go and get it, and he'll actually like jump around and go get the key. <coughs> and um, he'll also, if if an enemy is attacking you, you can run away, and Huey can go and attack the enemy for you. But the uh, big claim to fame of this game are the pursuers. Now, I really wanted to talk about this with Resident Evil 7 because I really think this is where Capcom got uh, the current Resident Evil 7 uh, like gameplay where there's pursuers and there's people coming after you because that's what this mm-hmm. game is, like. but it's like times 10. Like the first uh, person that you'll run into that will pursue, pursue you is Debilitus. And he's this big, like, hunking, like, ogre-looking guy. And you'll hear music. And you'll hear this really intense music, and then you immediately have to go find a hiding spot because you're like this 120-pound blonde girl who's just, like, wandering a mansion with random clothes. And um, you well, have to sometimes find... it starts up with the footsteps, too. Yeah, like, well, you'll hear... It'll like, get quiet. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear something to uh, notify you that someone's, like, close by. <laughs> And you either have to like hide under like a bench or in a closet, and you actually have to wait there until this person is done looking for you. Just like if uh, any of you have looked at like Alien Isolation, you have to wait until Xenomorph is like gone, gone. But yeah. in this game, it kind of tricks you because when you hear this music, the the person's coming after you. But if the music just stops, that means like the game's trying to tell you, okay, they're gone, but they're not gone. Like if you come out of there, they could still find you again. At one point, I was waiting literally about ten minutes for this pursuer to leave. Um, but yeah, if you hide in the same spot more than once, they'll find you easier. It's just, it's a very intense game. That that sounds pretty similar to uh, Clock Tower Three, actually. <clears throat> Yeah, well, see, I, I've never played Clock Tower Three. I hear that's like it's it's a pretty uh, evident spinoff, but I wasn't. Uh, I I played it for about fifteen minutes in in preparation for this. Oh, okay. I just had it. I just had it sitting there. I'm like, oh, let me see what this is like. So I played it for a little bit, and uh, Clock Tower. It's a, it's like the same kind of thing. Like we start off in a mansion, and then you go through some type of time or spectral warp or something i didn't get far enough to actually figure out what it was right but then you're like you're like in a town and you go into another place and then there's there's eventually you okay there shane yeah fucking cultural fit the um the other there's a guy chasing you some type of killer that's trying to catch you and uh if he catches you he kills you and the only the only funny part was uh, i was upstairs playing this and your your character's name is I think Alyssa in That's it. Alyssa. And when the when the monster's down like hunting you, he's like Alyssa. And my <laughs> girlfriend from downstairs is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But um, but yeah, it's the same type of thing. You gotta hide in one spot, and if you hide in that spot like more than one time, you know he'll find you easier yeah. and kill you. And they, yeah, they yeah. they got a lot of different things from Clock Tower Three then, but it's it's I don't know like there's something about it like Val had to really push me to play it because I really didn't want to play it at first because I'm I'm not a survival horror guy. But once I started playing it, I really wanted it to, to kind of keep playing it and see what happens because the story is pretty damn good. Like once mm-hmm. you you know uh, 
Debilitus is like that's like the first boss. Then there's an immediately like another person that's going to be chasing you, and it's 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 a very intense game because you don't want to run because they'll hear you, like your footsteps. They'll they'll hear them. So you have to walk a lot, and you have to just be really on your toes because if they get to you, they'll they'll hit you, and you can have Huey the dog go after them, but it only buys you time. It doesn't really like you can't like kill them just like how resident evil 7 is you can fight the person that's pursuing you but it only buys you time it doesn't kill yeah so it's just uh it's a very intense game and what i what i loved about it were the graphics because it's on ps2 but it looks like it should be on like ps3 or like 360 or something it's a very Mm. beautiful game it's very very pretty yeah, but, probably because it was so late in the development. Yeah, cycle. yeah. it's just—it looks so good. I just—I couldn't get over. It. I just had to keep looking. I'm like, damn, I'm playing a PS2 game that looks this good. But the reason why I said it was controversial when it first came out was because I guess they tried a little too hard with her her titties because <laughs> they because, tried too hard with her titties because they bounce around quite a bit like they're really like <laughs> like objectifying the main character in quite some way like she's is it, like, is it is it like um dead or alive boob physics i mean it's not like that bad <laughs> no it's but not they bad. do move a lot <laughs> yeah like it's it's pretty val is like here watch her boobs and they're in this one scene i just couldn't stop it <laughs> yeah right okay blame, blame val yeah <laughs> but uh she yeah. made me jiggle them i couldn't stop <laughs> <laughs> but like uh yeah like this is uh this is a great game they even did motion capture on the dog so the dog moves like an actual dog does like it's it's very like little details like that it'll really get you sucked in and each boss, like each pursuer that comes after you just gets harder and harder and it gets more and more frustrating. But at the same time, you cannot stop playing it like uh, yeah. the save points are actually clocks, which they probably got from Clock Tower. So it's you're just rushing to try to find the next clock to save. It's it was a very fun game. And for someone who isn't a huge horror person, this was uh, this I would really consider picking up. It's pretty expensive. Val, what was the last time you saw the price for this? The last time I saw the price with like an actual case was it was uh almost a hundred bucks. Yeah. So it's pretty expensive, but it's like a Capcom like super underrated game. And I really believe this is where they got the idea for Resident Evil Seven. Can I go yeah. off of what you're saying, Mike? Yeah, go ahead. So no. another cool thing that happens <laughs> in the game is if you get hit enough or she starts to panic enough, she goes into a panic mode and she starts running around uncontrollably and like the contrast gets like blown up and like everything's black and white and super crazy looking and erratic. And then if you get knocked into a wall or something, she like falls to the ground and she starts like freaking out. It's not That sort of happens in Clock Tower 3 as well. Kind of, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Val, do you know the background on how Capcom actually got the Clock Tower license? Because they they didn't used to have it. it no, they it was didn't. Actually... It was it was like something called ASCII. ASCII. Yeah, ASCII. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they actually those are the same. I believe they were involved in making some re- the wrestling games on a Super Nintendo and PlayStation back in the day. Oh, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, it's really weird. But <laughs> I, I don't know, that know how used they to got play the wrestling the, uh, games. I don't know how they got a hold of it. Because yeah, I wondered were, that too. I just never looked into it. Yeah, they were a competitor of Cap of Cap. You know, the the Clock Tower series 
was like a competitor of the Resident Evil series. It was actually a little kind of a precursor because the first Clock Tower was in the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. or the Super Famicom in that Japan. That one was so freaking good too. Did you I've, play that? I've played it on an emulator. I think oh, okay. it's European and Japanese only. Yeah, there's no U.S. release as far as I know. No, unfortunately. Unless it's unless it's like on a you know a, a virtual console or something somewhere. I don't know about. I actually saw on Instagram somebody bought a cartridge and uh. Somebody had modified it to where you could play it on a U.S. NES or SNES. Yeah, there, yeah, there are a lot of people that make uh, cartridges like that. I would do the crap out of that <laughs> if I had the money, because that game was really good. Like if you look at um, like the death scenes for the SNES one, they're amazing. It's like crazy yeah. to think that it would be on a Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's the, it's a really weird series. And then part two was on the PS One. And um, I, I remember when that came out, it was it was criticized as being like a big competitor to Resident Evil. But then part three, Capcom makes. I'm like, this is what? <laughs> How the hell did this happen? You know, that, that'd be like, uh, I don't know. I guess like um, I would say Nintendo making Sonic games, but they do that now, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that sounds really interesting. I'd, I'd actually like to play it if I ever find it somewhere, but I can't see myself spending $100 on a game now. Well, uh, I'm, it's pretty, like, not known, so you may find it, like, a garage sale or, like, a game store if they don't do the research, you know? I've only yeah, seen you it never know. out in the wild once. I went to uh, a resale shop over here, and they had it, but it was still 100 bucks, and that was... Hmm. I mean, since 2005, it was the first time I've ever seen it other than in the Toys R Us that I got it in when I was 15. Hmm. People are really calling for, like, an HD remaster for it, even though it still looks really good. But I don't know if that'll ever happen, because... Well, yeah, they'll probably just want to, you know, make it playable on 1080p screens and everything. You just up the resolution, stuff like that. I don't see why these companies have these games like i don't know why they're not just dumping them on the ps4 and xbox one you know sort of virtual consoles or whatever you want to call it'd it. it'd be easy money i think yeah i i like who i would absolutely go on there and be like oh 10 15 bucks for this game absolutely i'm gonna buy it and oh yeah on here so i can play it you know but what are you gonna do yeah these people never know what they're talking about you know so what would you say for the fear factor on this one mike um, well, considering I'm like a horror noob when it comes to video games, um, the whole game was very intense. Like, I didn't know if I could do the next little puzzle without getting caught. Like, you have to stop what you're doing and just, like, run away from these people once they find you. So I wouldn't say it's scary. I would say it's more intense and more, like, on the edge of your seat. So I'm like, uh, I don't know what Shane called it, like, shitty nappy on the, on the, yes. on the scare factor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> the shit. Another room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the shit nap factor for this would probably, be, <laughs> would probably be I would say like five or six as like a scary game, but if it's like intensity, I would say like eight or nine. Oh, okay. I got, I, got, I know what you're saying because I Clockwork Clockwork Three is kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. it's not super scary when you're playing it, but then. The shit hits the fan, and you're like, go, 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 yeah, go, exactly. go. <laughs> and you have to find a spot that you haven't really hidden too many times. So you're going all around, and they'll follow you everywhere until they stop seeing you. You could hide behind doors. You can kneel down and not make a sound. But if you're hiding behind that door a lot, they'll just they'll turn around, close the door, and be like, oh, fuck. So. 
Awesome. Atlas. All right. Well, that sounds good. Atlas made a game a year later called uh, Rule of Rose, where they utilized a dog being your uh, weaponry. But that one and is is that that's that along the same type of lines? Is it like one of those like hide games, or is that more well, of an action game? The weird thing with that one is like you you go to an orphanage and there's like little like six year old kids that are like nutsos, and uh, when you have to fight, it's not the kids, it's monsters. And it's freaking weird. And like at one point you're in like a hot air balloon because these kids have a hot air balloon. I mean, I never I got really okay. far. I never beat it, but it was a weird game. And at the time I bought it and it was like 70 bucks. And I was like, this is kind of steep because I bought it like six years ago. But now mm-hmm. that one's up to like 200 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that one before. Yeah. Jesus. Craziness. These games. All right. Awesome. All right, well, let me move on to mine that I picked up here. I guess I'll go last. Um, so the games I wanted to go over were the uh, the Dead Space games. Hey. And these are some of my favorite um, survival horror into the action games. The, I, I actually, Dead Space is kind of responsible for the action, the actionizing of Resident Evil uh, 5 and 6. More so 6, because... When uh, when Dead Space came out, it's it's big control difference between the Resident Evils in itself. Instead of being you know primarily tank controls, it was more like Resident Evil Four, where you're where you know you could run around a little bit more and you had you know a better control setup. But the big difference is that Isaac can walk while aiming, where where Leon in Resident Evil Four couldn't. And I don't think they had that mechanic in Resident Evil Five, if I remember right. I think you still had to stop what you were doing and aim. But in Resident Evil 6, they let you walk around and aim. And they sort of use that to turn the Resident Evil games into more action-oriented. It sort of toned down on the horror a little bit. But the original Dead Space was, like, all horror. It was it was horror maxed up, like, to 10. I think they did an excellent job creating a creepy environment, having scary-ass monsters, jump scares all over the place. And, like, just this over overbearing sense of dread of, like, I don't even want to go into the next level because it's going to be even more fucked up than the level I just left. And um, and I think the, the first one is such a great game. I, I love it. I've played it, like, I don't know, five times, six times. And um, it's it's got sort of an interesting story. It takes it takes pieces from a lot of different areas like any any horror movie will. It's, um, it's sort of, um, um, what do you call it? Um, event horizon. It's, it's a little bit of like, um, the exorcist at times is it's, it, there's all kinds of different horror things happening all over the place. Sci-fi elements thrown in and, um, you essentially play as an engineer that's sent to repair a space station's communications, like satellite dish, because like the, uh, they lost all communication with this big mining space station, the Ishimura, which is sort of like a aliens reference. You have like a Japanese space station, like the Wayland Utani. Um, what's what's the what's the um, what's the alien ship called, Shane? Nostromo. Nostromo. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, there's like little influences all over the place throughout the game. But you're this engineer who goes there, and as soon as you get on the ship, you find out 
it's not just that the, the communication satellite's gone down. It's that the whole fucking ship is, like, infested with monsters and nobody knows what's going on. So, um, you quickly get a hold of a weapon, the plasma cutter, which is the fucking... I'm going to put it out there as one of the greatest weapons in video game history. Definitely. It it shoots a laser blast in in a line. And you could the line could either be horizontal or the line could be vertical, and you could flip flop between the two with your alternate. You know, you hit the alt the alt weapon button, and it flips between vertical and horizontal. And you use the plasma cutter to cut off limbs of your enemies. Unlike every other video game out there, if you do a headshot or you do a body shot on the enemies, it does almost nothing. It doesn't slow them down. They usually speed up if you do that. And the only way to stop them is to strategically take off limbs. So, like, if a guy's running at you, the quickest way to stop him is maybe blow off one of his legs, and that'll slow him down as he hits the ground, and he's still coming at you with his arms. Take off one of his arms, and maybe he's still not finished. He's still got one arm and one leg to make it over to you and, and attack you with. So, you know, you've got, to, you've got to make your choices as you go through. Eventually, you develop, like, a technique of how to take these things out. But, like, the first couple times it happens, you don't know what to do. Because you're, it's so ingrained into you as like a gamer. You're like, all right, take his head off. Take, you know, you shoot him in the head. His head comes right off in one shot and he doesn't slow down. He's still full powered coming at you. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Hit him in the body. Nothing. It won't even stop him. Actually, I um, think if I remember correctly, the first time I played the Dead Space games, I was messaging you on um, Facebook. It was like, what the fuck do I do here? And all that kind of shit. Because it was just, it, oh, man, that was just so funny. Yeah, yeah, there, and there are parts where you get stuck and you have to figure out, you know, there's little tricks and puzzles, just like any other survival horror game to take care of, but it's it's pretty much what you would expect on, on a sci-fi type game. You go into an area, something is malfunctioning, you have to repair that something, and then, of course, a swarm of things are going to attack you and try to kill you, and then maybe there's a boss, you know. And then you make it to the next area to repair the next thing that needs to be done. I mean, you know, this, it's sort of a trope that's been done a million times, but that's kind of the way Dead Space plays out. Yeah. And the story, the story unravels. You find out more about it. And it's, it's all about the Unitology Church, which is sort of like a Scientology spinoff that they, they, they sort of use a lot of the, the same ideas that are, that are going through. And it's like this cult-like church that... Um, believes in these uh, these markers, which are um, symbols of the religion and hold like great power and are like key to an afterlife. But it turns out what these markers actually do is like reanimate dead flesh, make them crazy, and have them try to kill everything and make everything reanimated dead flesh. Yeah, <clears throat> that's basically the long and short of it. I mean, there's more details to it, but we don't need to go into everything in it. Um. One of the more unique parts of Dead Space is that there's no heads-up display. And no. there's also there's also no real pause. So while you're playing the game, all you see is Isaac. You see the, the his back. And on his back, the, on his spine, is your health indicator. It's like part of his costume. And if you want to know how much ammo you have, when you bring up your weapon to shoot, there's usually a little uh, little blue reticle that's like on the back of the weapon that shows you how much ammo is left in the weapon, and you can see it counting down. It's not like you have a um, a clip count on the lower right hand side of the screen or anything. And if an enemy's attacking you, and you're like, "Oh no, I need to get more health," if you bring up your menu, the enemy's just gonna rip your head off because all it does is Isaac brings his arm up, 
and hits a button on his arm, and then like you know a little LCD display comes up to uh, to to show what's in your what's in your uh, inventory. So you can't like stop the middle of the action to to uh, health up and everything. But they did give you a dedicated health button. So if you have any extra health like in your inventory and you're running away from a monster, you can quickly hit your health button on the run and it'll ba-doop, ba-doop, you know, it'll uh, it'll give you some of your health back while you're going to, to take care of that problem of not really having a pause button, as to say. I don't know. I just I just really love this game. I played it a million times. Um, you've got you've got other things in it, like you've got um, a stasis weapon, which I actually noticed they have in the new Zelda game. Um, it's it's one of, one of the it's just called stasis too. I'm like, oh, it's like Dead Space. It slows that it slows things almost to a crawl that are moving too fast, so you can you know get through an obstacle or something like that. Um, and it also has a uh, telekinesis, not like mental telekinesis, like a, a technological telekinesis. Or I forget what they call it, the the kinesis um, band or something, and it lets you pick up objects and throw them. And you know this was probably first done with the gravity gun in Half Life Two, and it, it's a pretty similar idea. Like to battle enemies and stuff, you can pick up objects. You know the best thing is to get a hold of or any any explosive or anything or any type of saw type weapon and throw them at an enemy to take their limbs off or blow them up or whatever. Um, there's lots of other weapons in the games, flamethrowers and, and guns and all, all kinds of other stuff. There's a buzzsaw weapon too, but I swear I, I've done just plasma cutter only runs. I must've done three or four of them because I think the plasma cutter is like the best weapon. I, I fucking love that. When I played it, I'd only use the plasma cutter. Yeah. It, it, and, and as a little hint to everybody out there, if you only want to do like a plasma run or you find one weapon you really like, get rid of all your other weapons and you won't get that much ammo for them. You'll only get the ammo for the weapon you have. Interesting. Yeah, because the ammo drops, they're sort of based on what you have in your inventory. So if you get rid of the guns you don't use, then you will get more of the ammo that you do use. So if you're doing a plasma cutter only run... Just don't keep carry any other weapons in your inventory. Just the plasma cutter. Nice. But yeah, game is awesome. You can get different costumes and shit. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if there's any secrets or tricks or anything. It's super creepy though, um, and I love the story that's in it too. They they it spun off into a bunch of different games. You've got the uh, the Wii games, um, Extraction, and I think there's a second one. Maybe no, I'm thinking of the PS3 version of that. And um, that is not the same type of game. That's like a light gun game, but it's still fun to play. I'm sort of a fan of those light gun games on the Wii. Yeah, I bought that for Val. I bought the Extraction for Val, and we were playing it. She couldn't get into it, but I thought it was a little fun. Yeah, I like. It. I mean, I'm a fan of those light gun games back in the day. You know, growing up in oh, the yeah. uh, two, in the 80s and, two, and 90s. Having those, you know, those type of games um, like Area 51 House and um, House of the Dead and even Time Crisis later on, stuff like that. I love those games in the arcade. So it's like that's the same. It's the same type of thing. You know, yeah. you're shooting at the screen and you got to reload. I like those. There's a, And there was two animated movies, actually, that got released for Dead Space. Um, I think one of them's a prequel and one of them's in between Dead Space 1 and 2. Yeah, the first one um, was a prequel on the issue. Yeah. It, there's aftermath, and I can't remember what the other one's called. Downfall. Downfall. That's it. And both of them are okay. The animation gets pretty sketchy in the second one, if I remember right. 
And um, if you're really interested in the story, it's worth checking out. But, you know, if you don't get in, into the story that deep, then you could pass them by. But they, the characters in those do play some parts in the games. So it's, it's kind of cool to see. But yeah, I fucking love Dead Space, man. Um, what you Shane? You said you were playing it. What did you think of uh, Dead Space One? Oh Christ! I mean, it's a few years ago since I played it, but I loved it. Um, yeah, it was definitely one of the more creepier games that I've played. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it had the whole like claustrophobic tension, quite similar to Alien. Um, and I thought that added added the element because you never knew you never knew what was going to happen, <clears throat> and you never knew uh, when you were going to get attacked or <clears throat> if you were going to find anything useful because it just added the whole fear. I thought it brought fear back into computer gaming. Yeah, and there were parts <laughs> like I I love when you walk into a room and there's like three or four dead bodies strewn about the room. Yeah, one of those bodies was gonna fucking get up and get you, but you yeah. never knew which one it was. <laughs> or maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they wouldn't attack you in that room. But then you go into another room and you go, "Oh, you know what? I forgot. I wanted to go back in there and save." And then you go back into the room and it'll come up and get you. Oh man, yeah. They, there's a bunch of great scares like that. It really mm-hmm. was unexpected at times. And um, the other part I really liked about this that they it sort of brought back that I think was missing um, in a lot of games was, like, the boss battles. I mean, some games, especially in the horror genre, they sort of half-ass a lot of the boss battles that are going on. I mean, the last great one was probably Resident Evil 4. Mm. Um, They always had some awesome stuff in there. But after that, even then, there was only three or four boss battles in that game. I think Dead Space had a lot more, and they had a lot more interesting ones in terms of how to take them out. Like, they had that unkillable one. Like, he was just a guy that would constantly regenerate, and like you were describing in some of those other games, Mike, all you could do is slow him down. Yep. And uh, and that's what you did in this, and he took off a couple legs or whatever, and that would slow him down for a little bit, and you just run. You're like, all right, I've got to get out of this place. He's coming for me. There's no way to stop him that I could find. So, I uh, you, my, have your... my favorite boss battle of that game was probably when uh, the alien was on the spaceship. Or on the ship itself, and you had to like. Oh, and and you're outside it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that one. And you awesome. had to shoot all the debris at the rat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, I love. I, I I mean, I, I keep gushing about it, but it's it really is one of my favorite games. Was um, it in the first one where there's like still people on the ship? You every now and then you would run into somebody, but they were utterly in. I mean, other than. So when you got on the ship, you had your um, three people. Uh, the, the people that were with you, there was like the the security guard guy, um, who was voiced by a famous actor. I can't remember his name, but I could picture his face. Uh shit. I can't remember the guy. Um, it, but the it, and there was another woman that was with you, and they were both on the ship doing things with you. But every now and then, yes, you would come across a, a survivor. Yeah, I remember the guy only... that was smashing his head off of the uh, the wall. Yeah, I was going to say, they're only surviving for, like, the first time you meet them because then they usually kill themselves. That's part of the, uh, part of the, I guess, the disease or whatever that the the marker puts out is it makes people kill themselves and then they turn into the uh, the monsters. Bro, I thought that was creepy. Like, walking into that guy that was hitting his head off the wall. 
you just hear it and you're like what the hell and you just see the guy and it's like oh okay (laughs) what's this guy gonna do there's um in dead space 2 actually i think it's 2 yeah in dead space 2 um not to jump off one for a second but there is there's an amazing part where you go into you're in dead space 2 and you don't have a weapon yet and you're running from all these monsters coming after you and uh and there's this one guy he, you you get a hold of him and you're like you got to unlock the blah 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 whatever and he's like okay he's like I'll do it and you, he sees he's he's crazy he's out of his mind already and he's got like this knife and he's like just put it down man everything's don't stab me everything's cool and he takes the knife and he just puts it up to his neck and he's like <laughs> just like <Yeah>. real slow <coughs> easy Shane I know right <laughs> maybe I should drink more yes so um. But yeah, back to Dead Space. Um, first, the scare factor on this one, I'd give it. I'd probably give it a solid eight uh, shitty nappies. <laughs> um, and and fun factor, I'd I'd probably give it another eight. I mean, it is one of my favorite games, but it does have some flaws. I'm not, you know, people really hate the asteroid part of the game, and oh. I can see why. It's like it's really difficult with an analog controller. Um, I, I play, I've been playing most of the Dead Space games on PC, so it makes it a lot easier, but I've used an analog controller on it and it does suck. It's, it's just, it it takes like lightning quick reflexes for that one part and you end up getting stuck there for a good while playing it over and over and over again. But, um, but yeah, I get a fun factor probably around eight as well. So it's all around amazing game and Dead Space 2 they sort of took that, did very similar. The, the only thing I wasn't a huge fan of was Isaac was talking in this one more. He, I don't even know if he said a word in Dead Space 1. I think maybe. He didn't say a word in the first one. Yeah, not one word. It, it, it was like uh, Gordon Freeman in Half Life, and Half Life 2 never says anything. You're just that character. And in Dead Space 2, he's got a voice, but it's not too bad. He speaks a little bit. You know, it, it, it's not throughout the entire game mostly just a couple cutscenes where he has to respond to people um can I they upped with you? what's that can i rebuttal with you yes go ahead i think it was great that they actually gave him a face and a voice because it's like you know it you know the first one it's like the master chief he could be anybody and whatever but it's like i think they did it so well because they actually gave him like a personality he wasn't some stupid brute he wasn't like an idiot he was like legitimately like a smart guy trying to talk to people and you know talk them down like he did when you were saying he went to that guy and he was like hey man you know like calm down with that knife like i think him talking was actually really really well executed yeah it was done well but um i'm of the mindset that i i i like silent um protagonists in games I like Link and Zelda. I like uh, Gordon Freeman, um, Chell in uh, in Portal and stuff. I like that you sort of impart your own personality onto the characters that are there. I'm not saying that it's I don't like games that you know where they have characters and actions, but in a series where that was sort of already set up, like I don't. I think it would be weird if I was playing a Zelda game and Link started like I having his own voice and talking and like having full dialogue. I think that would be strange because it's, it's already been decided. This is how the character is. 
And to go from the way Isaac was in Dead Space 1 into having a voice in Dead Space 2, I just wasn't a huge fan of the transition. He had a lot more people, though, that he had to talk to, though. No, you're right. You're right. There was way more, way more live people and interaction he had to go through on Dead Space 2. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because it'd be um... weird if you didn't say anything to them. They were like, hey, stuff is happening and you should come and visit. You just stand there like dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's all in in game writing, too, though. You know, I mean, they don't have to write it where he's in a situation that he has to respond. That's true. It's like, like, you know, in Half-Life, there's never a situation where they ask Gordon a question and you have to answer them. (laughs) He just stands there and stares at them. You know, they write it in a way that it's like, okay, Gordon, I need you to go do this. And you just go do it. Could you imagine if Isaac never talked in the second one? They were probably like, what an asshole. Just kidding, that's <laughs> what a piece of shit. You know what, though? It would ma- it would probably make sense story-wise if he didn't talk in the second one because he's so traumatized. All that PTSD the the- he's got. Yeah. Well, I like I I love that they included like the, the psychosis he was going through in part two more. Like, like, because he had all these, not for spoilers in the first one, but, the, you know, he had all these visions and stuff in the first one, and he was seeing things that weren't actually there, and, you know, his brain is all fucked up. And at the beginning of Dead Space 2, you're in a straitjacket, because you're basically put into an insane asylum in a test lab, to so that, well, the company was trying to extract information from you to build another marker, but they they also know that you're fucking crazy. So, in the game, he has visions... He's seeing characters that he knows are dead and they're showing up and talking to him. And he's like, no, 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 this isn't real. But like, you know, they're still there on the screen interacting with him. So I, adding that into the game, I think is awesome. Really positive addition to put into the game. Um, the um, the fighting mechanics in this one, everything's a little bit tighter, a little more fluid. You You can... You move a little better, and um, your weapons are more accurate, I think, in this game. And it makes it... The combat is easier, because it's it's a little bit more action-oriented, but I think that also decreases some of the terror. I think when you have restrictions, it makes the game scarier. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, like, just being able to run in and gun down a whole bunch of things sort of knocks the terror level down a bit. But they, they the makers compensated for that by adding crazier and more jump scares and more terrifying things into Dead Space 2, in my opinion. I think they... There's... Overall, the game is less frightening, but there are moments that are more frightening. It's sort of a, it's sort of a strange way to put it, but I think as a whole, the uh, part one is a scarier game, but part two has scarier parts. Like the part where you go into the school and there's all like the little dead children that are like attacking you and you've got to go into the auditorium and you know there's just going to be a million of them in there. Man, I got stuck on that part for so long the first time I played it and I was getting so angry. And then the second time I played it, I got through it the first time and I was like, damn. (laughs) I I think you had to use like stasis bombs and machine guns or something. Stasis bombs and, and like a machine gun to just wipe them out as you went through. Yeah. Oh, that, and that, and the uh, the eyeball part at the end. Oh my god! Oh jeez, don't <laughs> even get me started on that. That took me forever too. 
Yeah, Talk about nerve-wracking. crazy, basically, of things that you had to do at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it, it got real nuts at the end. That, did you ever play Dead Space 2, Shane? I've played all three of them. Oh, you did? You, you, yeah. You know, the, uh, you know the eyeball part of part two where you got to put the needle in? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you're like lazy. You're like moving this needle to get it like right into his retina. See, the thing is, because I mean, it was, it's been a while since I've played them. So it's like I'm kind of I'm thinking about it as you're talking about it. And for some reason, that eyeball scene just completely missed the mark with me. And really? Then, yeah. Well, no, until now. And then you reminded me of it. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> shit. And we well, just spoiled Isaac's... everything from Mike. <laughs> well, listen, yeah. there's I, it doesn't even matter. He's he'll shit his pants if he get if he plays this game. I don't I don't think we should let him play it. Mike, I would He's imagine be like an... Yeah, have a shitty nappy at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been waiting for it to go on uh backwards compatibility for the Xbox One. Because the first Dead Space you could play on the Xbox One with a three sixty title. But uh my three sixty doesn't have a hard drive right now and I wanna borrow Val's, but I've just been waiting. <coughs> PC <coughs> PC <laughs> <laughs> Achievements, bro. You can get the achievements. And they just don't add to your overall score because it'll be whatever. I think Dead Space 2 is actually Origin, so you get Origin points. I'm good. I'm not using Origin. I heard it's a lot better yeah. now, but I don't like Origin. It probably is. I'm not a, I'm not a, you know what? They, they uh, fixed it by making it way less intrusive. Oh, well, that's good. So that's kudos to them because they know everyone hates it. So they're like, all right, you still have to use it, but it's less annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, good. Um, no, yeah. D uh, Dead Space 2 is great. Um, I'd recommend it. I'm actually surprised that's not Xbox One compatible. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm still waiting on it. I don't know why they made the first one. At, and Well, there. I think is it's Dead Space 2 multiple discs or no? I think yes. it was two. Was it? Two uh, discs? I I don't I never had it on Xbox. I don't know because oh, they Xbox. It was two discs. Yeah, so they okay. just made it so multiple discs could be uh, backwards compatible. So hopefully, it's some amount of time. I, I, okay. What I do remember about Dead Space Two is that it was a fucking mammoth game to get through. And yeah, it, it was a long one. Yeah, it took so long, and I think that's why they spread it over two discs. It was worth yeah. it. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, on this one, I'll say it, it's probably seven out of ten shitty nappies. <laughs> and um, the fun factor, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give it another eight. It's it's right up there with Dead Space one. Um, it's a little bit more playable if people aren't into, you know, slower movement and 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 less actiony. This one's more actiony, but it's still scary as hell and really fun. I mean, uh, and that brings What's yeah, that? I was going to say, it's hard to believe Dead Space came out in 2008. I know. Was That's Dead so long ago. Was Dead Space 2 and 1 with the commercials when it's like, your mom hates Dead Space? I think so. Oh. And they made all those moms sit down and watch those it. Those were so good. I love those. <laughs> that was like, I was like, I'm going to get this game now. That looks amazing. Yep. Yeah. That was a good, good ad scheme. Yeah, it was. Well, they certainly couldn't have pulled that off for Dead Space 3. No. Because Dead Dead Space 3 went full Resident Evil 6. They're just like, eh, scary. We're done with that. Now you're just a guy. You got all the guns. Multiplayer. Pay, you know, DLC. Pay to play. Blah, blah, blah. Just run around and gun everything. 
And I, I played through it, and while there's, like... The annoying part about that game is there's two or three sections that are creepy. That are like, wow, this is this is probably, like, a scary game, and I would love to play this game the whole time. But, th- again, that was, like, two or three sections of the game. Yeah, it was few and far between. It, and it the whole rest of it was just action splatter, and I honestly cannot tell you what the plot is, because I don't remember. Like... <laughs> He's, pro- he's probably got to stop a marker. I don't know. <laughs> did you um, did I play for it, Ryan? Hang on. I'm looking up. I'm up on Wikipedia at the moment. This is Dead, yeah. Sp- yeah, Dead Space 3 takes you takes place in the 26th century. Mankind has colonized the stars, but is in desperate search of new energy sources. One potential method was found in the Chicxulub crater on Earth. An, ex- an extraterrestrial artifact dubbed the Black Marker, which produces yeah, it's a, mar- yeah, a marker, right? Yeah, produces a constant electromagnetic field in defiance of the law of conservation of energy. Right, but the plot—I don't know what Isaac's trying to do. He's trying to stop it. Yeah, and he he stops it with guns and whatever else. The DLC, jeez, I may have I this game I played once. You would remember I've... the DLC because the DLC was fucking phenomenal the dlc was what the whole game should have been because it was eerie it was creepy it was fucking weird was are you jumping ship to ship or is that just part of the game i'm thinking i think that was part of the game okay then no i did not play the dlc yeah the dlc i remember when it first came out it was like 15 bucks and i was like "Eh, that's kind of steep for one dlc but I heard really good reviews on it, so I was like, I'll buy it. Why? What, what am I spending my money on anyway? And it was like maybe 45 minutes, but it was so freaking good. And like the whole time I was like, why could Dead Space 3 just not be this? Because this is awesome. Yeah, like, I'm I so no- soured on, on the Dead Space 3 that I probably was like, no, I'm not paying for that <laughs> at all. So that, I think that was the only good thing about Dead Space 3, and I had to spend an extra $15 to play it. They should have included wow. that for how bad Dead Space 3 was. Yeah. I mean, it, well, the downside is I won't even say that it's like a bad game, but it's a bad horror game. It's a bad like, Dead Space game. It would yeah. probably be a good game if it didn't have the Dead Space name. If you right, were expecting right. it to be like a horror game and then being extremely put off because it's not. It's like if they would have called yeah. it something else, it probably would have been great. It, it turned from Dead Space into generic shooter. Yeah. Like, just go around and gun stuff. That was a big disappointment for me because, you know, I, I mean, how much I loved Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2 to get to get Dead Space 3 to be such a piece of crap. I was like, ugh, why would you do this to me? <laughs> but So, yeah, for uh, for the scariness in Dead Space 3, uh, I'm going to give it, like, uh, um, I don't know, three shit naps. <laughs> like, there's a... There's a couple jump scares. Fun factor. I don't know. It's it's probably high, but I won't be going back and playing it. That's for sure. Probably like a five. I don't know. Uh, maybe someone else that isn't so in love with the Dead Space games would like have more fun with it. But I have a hard time recommending it to people. I think if somebody played that one first in the series, I'd probably like it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's not a bad game, but... <laughs> yeah. So, um... 
so yeah, that's that's about uh, what we got for this episode so far. I don't know if we want to go too far. Deep. I mean, there's a million games we could cover. We could talk about, you know, like we, we mentioned the Clock Tower games, but we didn't go into into detail at all. We got those. We got Doom, Alan Wake, Castlevania, all the rest of the Silent Hills, all the Resident Evils. We didn't talk about any of those. And I'd love to do more really of them because, one. yeah, and I'd love to do more of them because it would give me an excuse to actually go and play them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because normally I yeah, wouldn't, because no. you, you could ask Val, like, I'm such a little bitch when it comes to, like, survival horror. It's just, to me, it sucks the fun out of it. Yeah. Did Have you played Doom yet? Yeah, I, I got through, I don't know why I stopped playing Doom. Something else came out, and I put that on the on the back burner. But uh, I still got to finish it, but it's phenomenal. Oh, I loved it. That's that's my favorite game of last year. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely amazing. I, I, I'm, like, third time through it now. Jeez. Love it great game so but yeah we could go into a million of these we're, we're definitely gonna have to do more episodes in fact this is <laughs> after recording obviously people know after the fact but it's gonna be a two-parter since we've got so many hours recorded already but well uh, i'll find a split in there somewhere and there'll be two parts put up eventually so yeah that's what we got for now um we had a little bit of trouble with our uh email uh this week i wasn't getting any of the emails forwarded to my address and then i tried logging into the the uhm gmail and it wouldn't let me in so i had to reset the password and ask google to do it for me it was really annoying but i got it all set up it seems to be working again so if you want to reach the podcast you can email us at uhmpod at gmail.com so that's that's all fixed up and it's up and running now oh and the um the uh, UHM Facebook page is supposed to be getting a name change. I don't know if I'm going to announce it on here or not, right? I don't I don't know if uh, Fright actually fixed it yet, did he? Uh, I don't uh, think he did. I don't think so. No, not that I'm aware of. All right, well, as of this recording, it's still the, the upcoming horror movie fans group, so I don't know <laughs> what it's going to be. But he'll be, he'll be changing it eventually. So you can could, you could catch us on there. You can catch me on uh, Facebook and on uh, Twitter, at Ryan Tudelo. Um, Shane, you can, you can catch me on the Facebook group, um, the mother site, upcominghorrormovies.com, or Twitter at Dead Cell Society. And uh, Mike, uh, I'm on the Facebook group. Uh, I'm also on the forum of uh, DM Head Seven Seven Seven. Hey Val, any contact info you want to give people? Um, I'm also on the Facebook group. And then I'm on Instagram at Valbuasaurus. Buasaurus? Yeah. <laughs> Dinosaur now. <laughs> that was available. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, joining me on this episode. Um, it was really awesome. I look forward to doing more video game talk. As you can tell, we get to geek out for like three hours almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, and uh, thanks, for everybody, for listening. If you have any questions or comments or anything, uh, email in or uh, let us know. And we'll I'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Laters. Yeah. Bye.